Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us for our Word of the Day. This morning as we continue through the book of Leviticus, we're going to look at Leviticus chapter number 16. In this chapter, we see an incredible event that God institutes in the life of the nation of Israel that's really a pivotal point in their history. Uh, Up until this point in the book of Leviticus, God has been giving sacrifices and offerings to show Israel their sinfulness and their need for forgiveness. Each sacrifice and each offering has been based on an individual's sin. If an individual would sin, depending on what their sin was, there was an offering or a sacrifice they would give to God to get forgiveness from their sins. But in chapter 16, God goes from dealing with sin on an individual level to dealing with sin for the entire nation of Israel. This day was a yearly event in the nation of Israel's history, and it happened every September, uh, right around the 14th of September, 15th of September. It was based on the lunar calendar. But in, in this time of year, the entire nation would come together, and they would perform a sacrifice and an offering for God for the nation's sins. No longer is it just one person coming to God to get forgiveness for their sin. Now, they still have to do that. They still need to seek forgiveness from God for sins they commit or trespasses they commit against someone. So God's not saying, okay, this one day a year is going to eliminate the need for forgiveness. There's still a need for forgiveness, but what the Day of Atonement did was it was a symbolically God covering the sins of the nation of Israel for that year where he would look at the nation as a whole and he wouldn't see their sin, he wouldn't see their trespasses, he would see the blood of the sacrifices that covered their sins. And this day, it was a a very elaborate uh, day that had to go on. The priest had to offer sacrifices for his sins, had to symbolically clean himself before he could even go into the Holy of Holies to offer the sacrifice for the nation of Israel. This was the only day he could go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, and the only purpose that he could go in there was to offer this blood sacrifice to cover the sins of Israel, and he had to prepare himself before he went in there. And it was a lot of songs and a lot of festivals and a lot of fasts involved in this Day of Atonement. And one of the most specific things they would do was they would choose two goats for the sacrifice. One goat would be offered as a sacrifice to God. This goat would be killed, his blood would be spilled and gathered, and then that blood would be put on the mercy seat of God to pay for the sins of Israel for that year. And of course, that's a beautiful picture of Christ where Jesus would shed his blood and he would take his blood and put it on the mercy seat of God in heaven and pay for the sins of the entire world. But what they would do with the second goat was a beautiful picture of what salvation does for us as a people. This goat would not be sacrificed, it would be allowed to live. And look what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 16, starting in verse number 20. And when he hath made an end of reconciling the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat 
and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. And he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So after Aaron had sacrificed the first goat and taken its blood into the holy place and, and sprinkled its blood on the mercy seat and paid for the sin or atoned for the sin of the nation of Israel, he would go to the second goat and he would place his hands on the goat's head and he would basically confess the sins of the nation of Israel on this goat. And he would symbolically lay the sins of the nation of Israel, all their sins, all their transgressions, all their iniquities, he would place them on this goat. And this goat would then be led out of the camp into the wilderness, the Bible says, into a land that is not inhabited. And the nation of Israel took this very seriously. They would actually post men throughout the goat's journey to make sure it didn't come back into the camp. And what God was doing was showing the nation of Israel that the sacrifice that atoned for their sin also removed their sin from them. This goat was called the scapegoat. That's where we get our English word scapegoat. And what this is showing is that when Jesus Christ came and died for our sins and shed his blood and atoned for our sins, he also removed our sins from us. You know, the Bible tells us that God has removed our sins from us and placed them as far as the east is from the west. God has not just paid for our sins in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but he has removed our sins from us. That's why when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to be baptized, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection didn't just cover our sins for a while, didn't even really just atone for our sins, it removed our sins from our account. So when God looks at us, he no longer sees our sins and our transgressions and our iniquities, he sees the righteousness of of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul said that he became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him. That's a beautiful gift that God has given us. Today as his children, let's just take some time to thank God for sending Jesus to be our scapegoat, to take the punishment for our sin, but also to remove our sin from our account forever. Thanks so much for joining us for our word of the day. Join us tomorrow as we continue through the book of Leviticus. Have a blessed day.